0: Hello and welcome back. Finally back to the Babel screen. And um, Seth and Steve have had two weeks of all sorts going on that have, that have sort of put a pause in us recording the latest Babel screen. Thanks, obviously, to everyone that's been messaging, wanting for the podcast to come back. Um, just before we start on tonight's podcast, that's actually a compliment, Steve, that people are asking for us. Where oh, our yeah. podcast? They missed our dulcet tones, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, it's unreal to, to get that, and, and I know on the football one we get that as well, whenever we don't have it, for people to ask for you to have your podcast when we're just a little small one out of uh, Ireland here is uh, pretty cool, so yeah, when we're multi-billionaires and we own the biggest podcast uh, company in Ireland in about 10 years' time, we won't forget you. Um, mm-hmm. We're back tonight, Monday the 12th of October, we're going to talk about, oh boy, we <laughs> the going in our, in our ideas, uh, LeBron James winning number, title number four last night with the LA Lakers. And then we're going to talk about, not so much the NFL this week, we're just going to talk about those Raiders. Yes. Those goddamn Raiders um, and their big win last night. And how that maybe sets them up for this season. Um, this Tonight is going to focus sort of heavily on the NBA, on the finals, which is over, um, and on obviously LeBron James' legacy and then LeBron Jordan. Debate because it is going to rage on, and it's good debate. I think it's Steve, you called it early, early, early on that the Lakers would win this. I'm not just talking about the, against the Heat just before this even started, that no team was going to be able to stop the Lakers this season. And sure enough, you were right. Stop awesome
1: and all that, I But yeah, like, I mean, it just seems so obvious. Like, how do you win and get a title you have two of the top five players in the league, if not more? And that's exactly what. I'm the Lakers did. like Anthony Davis is the reason LeBron is able to become the final MVP, and LeBron is the reason Anthony Davis looks so good, cool. and um, like it's, it's a long time since, since the Lakers, I mean it's been five years since they qualified to playoffs, let alone challenge for a title and it all just felt not quite inevitable, but I suppose after game, game two maybe of the it feel like this is done now. Like this, no. It needed to be won on. It couldn't go to or whatever. Um, but I, I re and what they did last night in, in game six was incredible. Like, it didn't have the drama, I suppose, of, of game five. Green hits that shot at the end of, of game five. Obviously, we were talking about the Lakers in a much, much different way because of the the buzz that comes from that kind of winning shot. But last mm-hmm. night was just LeBron James decided he was the like, last night and he was done um, and you know, build a massive lead and the game was over by midway through the second quarter like um, but yeah no, that was really incredibly impressive performance and, and rarely missed a beat throughout these playoffs like they really didn't um, you know in the early stages of the bubble they kind of struggled and we, we kind of mentioned um, the last time we did an NBA pod that they were kind of using the first game of each series to get a look at what the other team would throw at them. They didn't really do that against the Heat because I suppose LeBron is so used to so- so all the strength his style of coaching that he kind of had a feel for it. They dominated the first two. I suppose maybe we were a little bit surprised that they dropped the third one, and I think I was really surprised they dropped the fifth one because it felt like it'd be done. In, it, it would be done as four-one, um, and fair play to it. Like, the heat threw everything they could at Game Five, and you saw that last night. The effect of that they couldn't go again. Um, but yeah, like incredibly impressive from LeBron and um, and AD. I just think really, really, really uh, fitting that the Lakers would win this season with with, with and all that as well. So yeah, I suppose I think it was the I think it was the right result. I don't think I don't think uh, I'm any great um, mystic to kind of call that one. I, I don't think they were very going in.
0: Do you think? Um... Because it's obviously the bubble, this season's always going to be remembered and it's always going to be a mark towards it. An asterisk, uh, people will think it's a negative thing. They always put it as, because it is used. Like, Houston will have one beside theirs in the the baseball because of obviously what happened and different things. But I think an asterisk here is actually a positive thing because it marks what a special season this has been. Um, Just on the heat, do you think next season, before we talk about the Lakers and talk about how good they were and and LeBron James, do you think they can come back again next season and go back to the finalists?
1: Um, it really depends, I suppose, on what happens with Milwaukee, doesn't it? Because that's really, if if Giannis stays in Milwaukee, then the path to the East, you would imagine is that bit harder. Um, you'd think the Celtics are probably a little bit better again next year, but I think Jimmy Butler has found his home. Like he's kind of travelled around a lot and I think He's now um, he's now on his way to becoming one of the league superstars, and I think he can build a team around him. I think they got found out a little bit, like Hero got found out on defense a lot in 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 the finals, especially. Um, so you'd you'd wonder do they need to add to that team? So like it really depends on this offseason. if they can add another kind of top fifteen player. Uh, in free agency, then there's absolutely no reason they can't be back. They're they're very well coached. they uh, Butler, as I said, is is one of the league's best players now, and so yeah, like the East is is hugely competitive. I think then next year, if they're if if they're feisty, if Milwaukee bring back Giannis, and they can kind of get a postseason run, and um, Toronto could be better again uh, next year as well. So East looks good, and the West, like I think, looks. Really, really good. Yeah, and Jesus, I've I've talked about East there and haven't mentioned the Brooklyn Nets with KD as well. Like, which is going yeah, to be a very different composition. So, like, there's a there's a tougher path back for the Heat than there is for the Lakers, I think, because really the Lakers' biggest rival are you know the two closest teams to them in the Clippers and the Warriors. So, um. I don't, I don't. know. I, I. It would be hard for me to see the Heat repeating. Like the bubble, obviously, really helped them as well. But I think the Lakers of these two teams, the Lakers, are much more likely to be back there next year.
0: Yeah, I. I. I think. And we we will chat about this. Well, maybe we will get into it now, before we talk about LeBron and 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 the Jordan thing and LeBron's legacy. Um. I asked you, do you think the Heat will get back? I do think the Heat will get back because I think the Heat can add, possibly maybe Victor Oladipo, mm. could be could be the one if I was the Heat I'd add and if you add that and um and you keep Bam fit and you have Jimmy Butler and you have Taylor here and you have Duncan Robinson coming through, I think in the in the East they can with themselves in Brooklyn and Toronto and as you said the Bucks it'll be it'll be a fascinating East yeah uh, championship next season. I do think they can come back to it. We look at LeBron and the Lakers. Obviously, next season they're going to go up against Golden State Warriors, which I think, as a sports fan, you should really be excited for. This could be biblical mm. in terms of chasing each other in the West. And he has Eddie. Just the first part of this segment. Do you think Eddie is the best teammate, most complimentary teammate LeBron's ever had? <laughs>
1: That's a really tough question, um, because obviously, like, he has built kind of a big tree for every went, and this is the first time he's kind of only had to do with a big two, but when the second of the big two is, is one of the top five players in the league, it becomes a lot easier, I think. Um, I mean, it's hard to argue against Chris Bosh, I think, in terms of, like, importance to, to, like, that Miami Heat team that LeBron, like, kind of, like grew and went and, and, and developed I think is slightly better Um, I think another way of reflaming it is has he won a championship with fewer parts he know he absolutely hasn't like this is the fewest amount of support he's had to win a championship Um, and I think that marks AD as kind of an important teammate I think what you saw is that If LeBron needs a rest on offense, AD can help and take over. If LeBron needs a rest on defense, AD can help and take over. He's never had that kind of player, one individual player to do that for him before. It's the closest he's probably ever had to Jordan, to Pippen with Jordan, really. Um, And if AD, I mean, it's almost taken as a given that AD will re-sign with the Lakers now. And and I'd be stunned if he didn't, obviously, with the clutch uh, links and all that as well. Like there's absolutely no reason that team, even at LeBron's advancing years, like can't repeat next year. There's no reason whatsoever.
0: I, I actually think he is his best teammate. And uh, Chris Bosch is an interesting one to use. Kevin Love as well, because it was the, what LeBron did for Kevin Love was amazing, and yeah. uh, and and vice versa, and how he got that. that, that those Cav kind of teams, the was it four finals in a row or something like that. I just think with AD, AD hasn't even got anywhere near his peak yet, and he is so utterly dominant at times. And it, like, it, it's actually a shame. Maybe not a shame if, if you're uh, a, a a hater of the Lakers, but it's 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 a it's a sh- it's it's a shame that LeBron is thirty five now and he is coming towards the end. Where can you imagine if LeBron and AD got together when LeBron was coming through at Miami? Yeah,
1: like, here's the thing, though. You you say he's coming to the end, but the number is so... Oh late. no, I know, I know, I know, I
0: know. He's a freak. He's an absolute freak. I know that. I know. I know. But still le- like, there's still like. So there's less years back.
1: left in his career. That's less no, years right?
0: left. Yeah, 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 less yeah, years yeah. Left. I get you. I get you. But I think I think next year I would. It wouldn't. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. the slightest if we're talking about number five. No, and really, it is yeah. still just those two. But I think really they should be looking at, I don't know how they do it I don't know how they'll work it, what they'll do trade-wise or I don't know what cap they have because I still can't get my head around the cap situation in America and the NBA anyway so I don't know who they are but what do you think they need just to stave off the hold back the incoming Warriors? I think they just need to run it again like, <laughs> I really think they just need to run it again um,
1: uh, like, it's it's hard to single out a player. um, But, I don't know, it's, to me, it's really tough to kind of see, like, can you, uh, right now, right, like, that's, there's no trades being made, there's no free agency moves being made or anything like that, right? Is there a team, even with the Warriors getting Steph uh, and Clay back, that challenges them? I don't think there's a team that wins four games against them. Like I, I, genuinely don't, um, and that even just as they're constructed at the moment, um, so, it, it's kind of going to be obviously the 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 draft plays a massive role. Like if you look at like when Shane Battier came to the Miami Heat, like the difference that made from that draft and things like that. Like so, you could have the same again. I think would have a really sneaky good draft, um. So I like right now. Um, I do think they do have to like clear some some cap space. I think that is that Danny Green is worth like fifteen million. Javale McGee is another five. Queen Cook is there. Like they need to kind of get rid of some of that and like just talking going after Kyle Kuzma. Um, or sorry, um, but using Kyle Kuzma in a trade. Um, there's lots of kind of things there for them to do um. but I just don't know like why change it like it it clearly works obviously you can't bring like Roy Harrod like, has just won an NBA championship you can't imagine him being there next year but I think Rondo will come back and I think you, you saw what you get from Rondo you get playoff Rondo and like people flag him for that but like he was a different player in, in, in the finals than, than yeah. anyone could have expected like he turned back the time so much like um, I just think there's no, there's never been a player like LeBron in terms of constructing rosters to suit him, um, and I think that's what we'll see again. Like it won't be the Lakers constructing a roster to to defend the championship. It'll be LeBron, and you know he gets it right far, far more often than he gets it wrong, um. So I, I that's just it's going, it's just going to be on him, really, and everything. LeBron, the GM, is one of the best sports GMs there's ever been. So, like, just go with it. I think
0: it's a. Uh, I was watching a, a clip about him um, this afternoon when I got home there from work. I was watching. It was about the uh, previous teammates talking about him. Um let's get into it here: LeBron v. Jordan and, and yep. LeBron's greatness. Uh, anyone that hasn't listened to this podcast before will know that we're both we both drive the LeBron is the goat train. And uh, we're both conductors of it. So, any new listeners that don't agree with that, apologies, but stay with us and, and debate with us and argue with us. Like, obviously, your point. So, uh, Schumpert, uh, that player with him at Cleveland, uh, he was talking about, um, I can't remember what a game it was, he said, but he's talking about a game anyway. And LeBron had the ball, as he usually does, at the top of the key. And he, he starts conducting to uh, Schumpert and he says, if <laughs> when he cuts back in, you take two steps and I'll give you the ball. And he kept saying it to him. And LeBron had seen the play happen before it happened and yeah. then fired him the ball that it was going to happen. He almost talked the opposing player into making the move and then fired him the ball. The, what I'm trying to get at, people will, will fire the thing with LeBron James and, and Michael Jordan about the 6-0, and 0, which is grand. Uh, the game winners in playoffs, which is grand, right? And I get that. That's something LeBron can't get back over Michael Jordan. But I don't think Jordan's better than any other part of basketball. One-on-one, we don't know how the them are going at, but you can give that to Jordan because in his era, as Zach Lowe pointed out in his brilliant ESPN piece today, you, you can give that t- to Jordan because that's why he made his, his mark and that's what he was unbelievable at. Yeah. But I don't think he beats LeBron or anything else. And I know Zach Lowe maybe says we bit differently, but I personally don't think he does. I think LeBron's... LeBron's playmaking skills are an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, I,
1: I, I would. It's...
0: I would rather. I would rather watch him pass and make a pass and make a play than watch him uh, do a slam dunk, do a dunk. Yeah. No, you know I think
1: I, mean? I think there's a really good kind of intro to that. and do read that Zach piece on ESPN. It's an incredible piece of journalism, just really well constructed. The argument for for LeBron versus Jordan and he actually comes down on the side that Jordan slightly has the edge but that it's so much closer than anyone probably could have expected when, when <laughs> I past it. yeah exactly what I think is really telling is that there's a, a scene in, in the jump the ESPN show where Rachel Nichols asks Trace McGrady and, and, and I think it's Pippen is the other commentator about LeBron had just hit a, a, a buzzer beater to, to win a to win a game and she was saying like that puts him like he he had no more buzzer beaters in playoff games than Jordan and like she was like, making the point for a good TV like that this this is what makes him in the argument for the greatest of all time and the lads weren't having it and, and, uh, and people weren't having it and the reason they weren't having it is because they were like you know LeBron will make the best basketball decision on the final play of a game Jordan would have just taken the shot. And that's the difference between the two of them. Like Jordan was inhuman. He, and I mean this in the, like, the best possible way. Like He didn't have nerves. He didn't have doubts. LeBron does have doubts. And we've seen that over his career. He's had moments where he has been happy to pass the ball and let someone else take the shot. We saw it in Game 5. He was happy to let Danny Green take that shot. And why was he happy? Because he had four players covering him. Danny Green had the easiest shot you will ever have to make to win an NBA Finals game. that You, could imagine, you couldn't dream or throw up mm-hmm. a more open shot than the one Danny Green had in game five. And LeBron was willing to pass the ball, whereas Jordan in that position would have driven in for a two and hopefully the foul for the three, you know? Um, and I think that's the difference between the two of them. LeBron is a pure basketball mind. And Jordan is just a determined freak athlete. And that's why it's so close. And look, I get people throw the, the 6 0 argument at, at Jordan all the time. And it's just such a, non, a nonsense because, like, A, he took time off in the middle of it. What would have happened if the the, the, the Bulls were playing, you know, finals after finals after finals? Like, he wouldn't have been 6 0. There's absolutely no way he would have been 6 0. The other thing is uh, Robert Hardy has seven. NBA titles does that make him the greatest player of all time like do you know what I mean Like, if you want to count it like that like it, to me it's a nonsense argument um, where I think Lebron has to be given credit for is pure longevity like he has played 81 playoff games more than Michael Jordan did like that's an entire NBA regular season worth of playoff just playoff games he has played in himself in his career three and a half seasons worth of just playoff games that means for like the length of his career, which is what like fourteen seasons at this stage, he's actually mm-hmm. played seventeen seasons in the amount of games he's he's played like it's incredible what he's done, and he's done it all at a spectacularly high level and yeah he's lost six finals he absolutely has the two of them he lost to the greatest team we've ever seen in the warriors with Kevin Durant right there's uh, say what you want to about the Pickle Bulls and how government they were in the 90s that group of eight players that the warriors assembled in in the around 2016 and and the years before and after was the greatest team we've ever seen on an nba court it's no shame in losing two games to that team, or two finals to that team. And then he beat them. He came from 3-1 down to beat them almost single-handedly as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, to me, it, it, for every argument for Jordan, right, um, I feel like there is, like, you can't dispute 6-0, right? So, and mm-hmm. LeBron can't get that back because he's, um, you know, he's obviously lost six of them. But, like, now he's got four wins. If he gets five next year, are people do people still not rate that? Like, do you know what I mean? Like to do that over that length of time. Um, we LeBron is better blocker. We know he's a better rebounder. Uh, we think he he's a better passer, and you know, like I think his triple double rate is far in excess of uh, of LeBron. So as an all round basketball player, this is why we make the argument for for LeBron all the time. Why? It's such a debate, is for two reasons. Like, Jordan is undefeated in finals, yet yeah, can't argue with that. But, and I keep making this point people have spent hundreds of dollars on Michael Jordan's shoes over the year. And so they want to defend the fact that they spent that money. And that's why Jordan gets, still gets the. And I, I'm, people think I'm joking when I say that. But if you've invested like literally thousands of dollars in shoes, you're going to defend Jordan. Like, the amount of people who keep talking about, oh, basketball was better in the 90s. It wasn't. Basketball was puke in the 90s in a lot of cases, outside of the playoffs. What we have now is a much deeper reserve of players. It's harder to win. It's the argument for, like, Liverpool in winning Champions or European Cups in the 60s when you have to be four teams to win it. Like, it's not the same as winning Champions League in the 20s 2020. But it's true. It's a different sport. Like, you can't compare the two. Um and that's not just an excuse to get a dig in at the report. But yeah, so they're they're my they're my three arguments. It's harder to win now and he's winning on a consistent <laughs> basis. The sneaker argument, which I think like, my wife is laughing at me here in the background about it, but it's absolutely the case that people are defending their choice of shoes over the years. Um and it's that LeBron is a better all round player. Like those are the three for me, um like Jordan was amazing. But none of this takes away. There's nothing wrong with being the second best player of all time.
0: No, I, I, and people just, people really get, really get annoyed about this. I think they get annoyed more than the Messi and Ronaldo would be, but it's, it's the same, I look at it the same way. Ronaldo, a freak, a freak athlete and can come up with some amazing, spectacular plays, but as a playmaker, you would have given Messi, you'd give Messi it over him. Yeah. Because of some of the things Messi can see and Messi can do are just on a different level. And this is where LeBron comes in. Like, So in 2018, uh, when the, the Warriors had the greatest team ever assembled, uh, he scored 51 points against them and they couldn't stop him. And he, he had no Kevin Love because he was injured and Kerry Irving had gone. He George Hill, he had Larry Nance Jr., he had Tristan Thompson and he had Jordan, uh, what do you call the one? Jordan, 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 can't remember and he scored 51 points. Took them to overtime and the J.R. Smith miss happened. Yeah. But he sc- they could not stop him. The only way they beat them was they attacked every other player in that team and he was doing it all on his own. That season for me is one of the greatest individual seasons of all time. The fact he got that, that Cavaliers team out of the East and everyone laughed at the East. Yeah. But as Zach Lowe pointed out, I'm not just to use Zach Lowe's points to get everything across here. As Zach Lowe pointed out, during LeBron's time in the East, the East actually averaged a better scoring rate as a whole conference than the did in Jordan's yep. time, but that's never brought up. It's never argued against it, and but yet still, uh, Jordan's seen as thing. And, and, and Michael Jordan was amazing. I just couldn't can't warm him because of how he treated people, but he was absolutely un un unbelievable. Yeah, yes, just I, that I, I just... earlier.
1: That team Sorry. that team you were talking about, yeah, so it was the greatest team we've ever seen in in the uh the Cobra State Warriors NBA. versus LeBron, Jordan Clarkson, Kyle Crower Jeff Green, and Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> he had 51, yeah. 51 points, eight assists, eight rebounds, and went nineteen of thirty-two, including six of seven in the four-four. Like they lost the game, so you don't remember it. But that is an incredible performance. Like, you, There's no other way of describing that. Like, um,
0: I, I would rather, I, I said this to you earlier, and, and please, like any new listeners this year, any previous listeners this year that will think this is mad, don't fall out with us when we say it. it's just an opinion. Come on to our podcast and tell us why we're wrong and think we're wrong. I would rather, if I had the chance, I would rather spend money to watch Larry Bird than watch Michael Jordan. I thought I'm the one with the hot takes on this podcast. now. no, that, that, <laughs> I would rather. There's some of the things Larry Bird could do. And look, Jordan could do them as well, but it was more. Some of it was a lot more athletic or more dunks or whatever. But some of his, obviously, Jordan's shots were unbelievable in the way he dragged teams. But there's some of Larry Bird's flicks, his passes, his little takes. That move he did against Detroit to steal the ball back. Detroit Pistons, I, that, that, the Bad Boys team are my favorite team. I absolutely adore them. Yeah. Granted, um, I've only like the, the the resurfaced again in my mind because of what's happened with the last dance, and obviously they were before. I was only like what two or th- one or two when they were winning titles, so they're they my favorite team, but only because I've had to go back and watch history. But I actually adore them if they're playing. now like I would <laughs> absolutely adore those shit houses, but but I'd so I'd rather watch that at LeBron James over me all, all day of the week. Well, and I, I just think. I think the, be, the best argument, and I think the the argument that gets rid of
1: the oh six and zero oh versus oh he's lost he's lost six finals. Um, if you're starting a franchise and you can start your franchise with Pete Jordan or Pete LeBron, you're starting with peak LeBron because he brings as a franchise than Pete Jordan does. Like Jordan was a killer, don't get me wrong, but LeBron does everything else better. Than him. So why wouldn't you do do that, like LeBron is going to be the league's leading all-time scorer. It's very unlikely he'll be passed because of the length of his career, for example. So, like you know, yeah, he mightn't have won individual scoring titles, but he is scoring at a high rate over fourteen or fifteen years, like that, with no breaks. Like nobody plays more minutes than LeBron does. So, like, I, to me, that's where you know there. If you want to get away from the six and because that can never change. And you want to get away from like well, the the people who talk about six and o are, are are never too keen to talk about the amount of times that like Jordan lost in the early rounds in the playoffs, which is something that LeBron just doesn't do. And um, like LeBron just gets you to final it's almost guaranteed finals with LeBron. Like that's the difference as well. So yeah, if you you want to just take it back to you're you're building a franchise from scratch, it's a the thirty-first team, or they do the right thing and you know get rid of the Pelicans, and you know they start a new franchise or whatever, right? And you mm-hmm. get a ch- you get a chance to get a, a, you know a, any player from any era at their best. Like if you're picking Jordan, I don't know what to tell you because you're picked wrong because the next team are picking Jordan and they're going to order LeBron and they're going to be a much better team than you, so.
0: I must also clarify up my library comment. I'd also rather watch um, Isaiah Thomas than Michael Jordan. Just, that's my second hot take. Do you, do you just uh, hate Michael Jordan? I don't. <laughs> like, I watched The Last Dance and loved The Last Dance and want to see more of it and just came away wanting to fight Michael Jordan. <laughs> but Michael Jordan just,
1: wanted you to fight him. That's
0: the thing. Yeah, and he, he would, wanted he to fight me. everybody. Yeah, he would. Yes. Uh, and he, and he would absolutely punch me into oblivion, and I deserve it, like and and whatever. But I just came away from it thinking, no, I don't, I don't particularly, don't particularly like that. Like, do you know what I mean? And maybe I just like people that uh, don't come across robotic. Like, I, like I have no love for, um, Kawhi,
1: hmm.
0: none at all. You know, what yeah, I mean? Like, and I enjoyed the late, the Clippers getting beat. Like I, I, I would, I would prefer Shaq over Kobe. Yeah, I, I think. Do you know this, what I mean?
1: I've seen a few things that argue like that. And I someone on on Twitter today, I, and forgive me, I've forgotten who it was, was like that. LeBron is more likable than Jordan, yeah. and that that absolutely helps. And like
0: Michael McCarthy.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, and I think there there's a lot to that, but like. Most basketball players you could name are more likable than Michael Jordan. He wasn't there to be liked; he was there to win no. games, and he did no. it really, really well. Um, so like, look, this—I—I I think the the thing that annoys me is that the 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 Jordan fans won't admit it's even a debate. I think it is a debate, and it's worth discussing. And I can absolutely see the argument for for Jordan. Yeah, but and I, yeah. I watch I watch them both. Like I'm I'm old enough. I'm old enough, unfortunately, to have seen them both play. But for me, it's the long. It, it's 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 the in the NFL. Like there's huge arguments over who's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen, and it's not Brady's titles. That do that make Brady the greatest of all time for me, it's the fact he's done it over so many different teams and so many different eras like the, the game has fundamentally changed and Brady is still winning games and that to me mm-hmm. makes me like, where Aaron Rodgers has is a better is a pure better quarterback. But you'd never put him in the greatest of all time conversation where you do put Brady in there. And I think that's the other thing that goes for you know the basketball purists will say oh you should stay with one team and you should do it with one team. LeBron James has now built three separate championship-winning teams, and,
0: and he's not done.
1: And he's not done. Yeah, he's not done. Um, so like, the, I think it's 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 a debate worth having, um, and it's a conversation worth having. And people who tell you just plain blank, it's not. Well, they're just they're not worth having a conversation with anyway because they're the type of person that said, "Oh, sport was better in my day." So,
0: yeah. We don't want those people. We want all different opinions and people to get those opinions across, especially in a sports bubble. Like I'd let anyone come on and argue, and I like actually being proven wrong sometimes because I'll learn something then. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I like people point pointing out that I'm very, very wrong, and I'll be like, "All oh, right, okay."
1: As I as I said today, like I came away from that Zach Lowe piece in particular today, going actually he's making a lot of good points here about why it's still Jordan, but yeah. I'll still come back to the fact, <laughs> yeah. that, and for, for me, it, it, this is what it always comes back to. In a game of five Jordans versus five LeBrons, the five LeBrons win. And in a game, if you're building a franchise from scratch, you're picking LeBron number one overall. Pick LeBron number one, and that to me are the two the two things that make all the difference. I know I, I was joking about the the sneakers, and I was I was talking about like the six and zero and all that. Like if you take away all those arguments, that's what it comes down to. Like if you were if you had the chance to do it from scratch, and you know that to me is the clincher. Um, for me, um but. It, Willing to hear the argument that you would why you would pick Jordan and Warren overall,
0: yeah. And just on that performance we talked about, uh, in 2018, LeBron finished that game with 51 points, eight assists, eight rebounds, 19 of 32 shooting, into, including 13 points on six of seven shooting in the fourth quarter. And that was, as we said, against perhaps the best team ever built with those players. Like that performance, because it was a defeat doesn't get marked. If that had been a a win, people would probably put that down as one of the greatest single performances of all time.
1: That's it. Like it's the, the, so like, you, you can't margins go, in there
0: shouldn't yeah. take it away. Like
1: Exactly. You can't go by the result of, no. as to whether a performance was good or not. Like an individual you can go by the whether a team performance is good, but you can't judge an individual performance by the result because it's a team sport.
0: Yep. Um so we talked about the Zach Lowe piece and different things we read today. You also read the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar piece in The Guardian? Yeah,
1: it just, I, very briefly, if you can check it I always read Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's an incredible economist. Like, he's so, so good. But he made the point today about how LeBron did all this while launching a movement to get young African-Americans out to vote in the most important election they'll probably ever have in their lifetime. Like, he's not just a basketball player. He's about more than that. Um, and that's what's worth remembering with LeBron as well. Like he's doing all this while not just shutting up and dribbling. He's be, he is an advocate for young black Americans in terms of the importance of making their voice heard. And that's why I think he's just really incredible. And it's, it's well worth reading um, Kareem's piece because it's, it's a really fascinating look at the kind of character off the court as well.
0: He's one of the best um, columnists. In sports, and after being one of the greatest players of all time, it's like it's—he's such a stupidly talented man. Pretty, and he writes his own stuff because I've—I've seen him, yeah. I've seen him speak as well. He's not ghosted at all. Like he's an incredible
1: writer. Like it's, and starred in one of the funniest movies of all time in *Airplane*. Oh. So
0: <laughs> brilliant. Um. That look, look, we've done. We've done LeBron and and Jordan. We'll do it again next year when he wins number five, and we're telling you all here why we were right. Um hopefully we will. I'll miss basketball now for a while, but I mean trade season started, so if you're not following Woj, you're doing it very wrong on Twitter. However, what was the biggest result last night, Stephen? Did it come from Kansas? And did it come from a different sport? It, it did. It did.
1: Well, no. To be fair, like it was. For me, like I don't like the Lakers, so like I, you know, but this yeah. year with everything that happened with Kobe and because of LeBron put one up to all the haters, <laughs> I was happy enough for them to win it this year. But no, yeah, the NFL produced quite a fun result last night. I think.
0: Do you want to explain to everyone that may you missed it what happened last night, Steve?
1: I don't know if you heard, but like the Las Vegas Raiders beat the defending world champions, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, by forty points to thirty-two, and handing uh Patrick Mahomes' the biggest defeat of his career. And to be honest, like eight points um kind of like doesn't portray how much better the, the Raiders were, particularly in the second half of that game, uh, than the Chiefs were. Um, both on offense and defence, which I think will surprise anybody who's ever listened to this podcast and the criticism we give that Raiders defence. So um How how, yeah. was, how
0: was the game how was the game won?
1: <sighs> well
0: <laughs>
1: Henry the III and the difference he makes to that offense. And I think I said it on our last kind of NFL podcast, like about I I got like ahead of the, the Patriots game. I think the Raiders were two and all at that stage, and they've obviously lost two games. And we don't only do podcasts when the Raiders win, by the way. I just realized it seems that way. Um, But the difference he makes to that uh, offense is incredible because he's not just a deep threat. And obviously, last night he scored on a, an absolute beautiful uh, long ball by Derek Carr to, to Rhodes um, he he allows them to run loads of different types of concepts because he has to be covered as a deep threat at all times. even if he's not running deep they have to at least keep one player deep so it makes it a 10-11 offence versus 10 on the defence matchup every time, that frees up in goal, full back Josh Jacobs get the yards Obviously, Darren Waller. I, I I keep saying it. He's the he's if not the best player in the league, he's in the top two. Um, and the 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 passing plays that and the play design that the Raiders are drawing up at the moment is just like it's it's art. Like it's not that's not just me saying this as a fan. It's not me saying this as a coach, as a as someone who kind of has studied a lot of offense in terms of American football. What they've done, um is is incredible like it's it really is incredible so you might have heard the tv commentators last night talking about the raiders being in their jumbo set and that's when they bring in the fullback, when they have two tight ends when it looks like they're going to run the football mm-hmm. what what they do out of that is counterintuitive. so they don't always run the ball what they'll do sometimes is spread those players out as if they're receivers and then all of a sudden you've got small little linebackers marking or defend trying to defend against big tight ends or big fullbacks. Um, there's only one winner at that matchup, and that's um, that's the offense. And likewise, then they spread it out with loads of receivers and go like really fast, and, and looks like they're going to go deep. The defense sits back a little bit, and Josh Jacobs rips off a ten, fifteen yard run. Like it's 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 just it's it's a play caller in sync with quarterback and Derek Carr like he threw his season last night but he was incredible outside of that like he had more deep balls than he's ever thrown in his career and in one game like um, and that's what we want to see but I've said it all along Rogues lets you let him be that quarterback but like he averaged 11 Derek Carr averaged 11.2 yards per passing attempt yesterday that is unheard of like he is notorious especially on third down as someone who takes the conservative throw and now they have almost with rogues there he he sees rogues running open he can't, as a quarterback he can't not throw the ball to him because that's your instinct as a quarterback you see someone deep you bomb the ball um, so I just think that they've gotten they've gotten use out of Nelson Aguilar who I think a lot of people thought were, were was, was kind of washed up but he scored two lovely touchdowns this season um, I think Jacobs is doing well, Alex Ingold, um, Hunter Renfro, Foster Moreau, all doing pretty Like The difference last night was also that Trent Brown was back at right tackle, and Trent Brown is one of the best offensive line players in the league, and that makes a huge difference. And then on the other side, which was the most surprising thing at all, is they got to Patrick Mahomes so many times. Patrick Mahomes, I think, had twenty-eight quarterback pressures faced that night, which is probably the most he's ever faced in his career. Now, they didn't get many sacks. They only just got the one sack, I think, in the game. But they forced an interception—a game basically sealing interception that allowed the Raiders to score the the kind of the, the touchdown that won the game for them. Um, and I think that what you saw was a defense that came out in the first half and conceded a ton of points. And then all of a sudden, in the third quarter, Patrick Mahomes couldn't get anything done. And that was because in the first half, Paul Gunter's defense presented loads of this kind of vanilla, this is what our defense is, we're very, we're very poor, we're very basic. And then in the second half, they started doing loads of weird stunts with the defensive line, which is a player starts off, say, at the left, of the left side of the defensive line. But when the ball is snapped, he spins into the middle. Um, or spins to the right hand side and it's, it's attacking from a completely different angle and the, line, the offensive lineman doesn't know what's, what's happening um, I thought Cleland Farrell had a good game I thought Max Crosby, had a good game Eric Harris who got the pick was was burned badly on a in the first play of the game actually was burned badly on a Tyree kill catch that was called back for holding um, and looked like oh, oh no this is going to be another terrible game but Harris came back and, and obviously got that, that pick that was so important so I think everything just clicked for the Raiders last night. Um, I was genuinely stunned by—I was by the offense because I felt like that there's performances in them, and I feel like they can keep this level of performance up throughout the season if everyone stays healthy. But I was pleasantly surprised by the defense.
0: So, since myself and Rachel have started supporting the Raiders. They're now the best team in American football. Uh, how how much does this do the Raiders owe this success themselves? And Rachel, do you think, uh, Stephen?
1: Um, I'm not to give anyone any credit for, <laughs> but I think a huge amount. Um, like I, like one of the, the things I sold the Raiders to you as uh, as a team sport was was like, they will keep you entertained and. Fuck me, they keep people entertained in games like that. Like oh, I, think, I think anyone who kind of caught the... Was it, it was, the Bills and Raiders was the TV game, I think. Um, or maybe it was, the, it was the Fox game. It was the, the Tony Romo game last weekend. So a lot of mm-hmm. people would have watched them. They would have watched the Raiders really struggle on offense and defense and ground. Oh, this, really, this is the Raiders. Like They're, they're shit. Like. But there was no rogues in that game and honestly the difference he like Derrick never had a player like Henry Rogues I third in his team. And Robert Mays on the Athletic Football Podcast today was saying that he was really surprised they drafted Rogues because there were better pure receivers out there and he was wondering what he'd add to the Raiders offense. Like the Raiders aren't throwing short passes to Ruggs, and yet I think that that's a whole part of their playbook they can open up. There used to be a joke about the New York Giants that Eli Manning had one throw, and it was a five-yard slant to Odell Beckham Jr. that he take for a touchdown. Like, that's in Henry Ruggs' the third game. They just haven't thrown it to him yet, and because they're saving it for later in the season. So I think if, if if they can keep the offensive line... And remember, like last night, Richie Incognito wasn't playing. It wasn't even the full starting offensive line, and Eric Carr looked like he didn't have a huge amount of credit. Like Derek Carr like you know, he gets a lot of criticism. I, I like I will defend him <laughs> I will defend him like You will? Know, maybe, maybe too much sometimes as you've seen on my Twitter. But like he is brilliant at reading defenses and sometimes he's too good at it because sometimes he knows the blitz is coming before he's even snapped the ball. So he's getting ready for the blitz. And last night on that play call on the and the third and two that they scored the long touchdown to Ruggs on, it was an all out blitz from the Kansas City Chiefs and he knew it was an all out blitz. And yet he trusted what was in his full offensive line to secure the pocket for long enough for Ruggs to get open and he bombed the ball then to him. And it was just brilliant. And I think one of the things you're seeing, if you if you watch the Raiders last night, they don't have a hurry up offense, but they don't have a they don't have a huddle offense either. They're kind of this mix that I am, again Sorry, Gisty and everyone else with the the West Dublin Rhinos for giving away our secrets. This is one of the things we were talking about like doing before the Irish American football season was canceled. You get to the line of scrimmage, you line up in your base formation, and you make the defense show you what they're going to do, whether it's going to be cover two, whether it's going to be zero blitz, whatever the case may be. You get them to show you, and then you adapt. And the Raiders did that time and time again last night. They slowly walked up the line, sat down in whatever base form. Like, Gruden obviously called in the formation and gives Carr a choice of what play he runs out Carr gets mm-hmm. to the line of scrimmage. He's seen how the defense has reacted to the base formation. And then, like, the Raiders are using more pre snap motion than I think all, like, they top top 10% in the league in terms of pre snap motion. They're sending motion and, so, so, before the ball is snapped, when a player moves. To another so he starts in one spot but moves to another spot that's pre-snap motion and, okay. and what you do that is you, it. that's to tell you the type of defence it is so it, most of the time it will tell you whether it's man or zone so if a, if an individual player follows your player from the right hand side of the field to the left hand side of the field it, the defence is in man if the player gets to a certain point and then someone else takes over tracking them across the field then they're in zone it's a really easy way of telling whether defence is in man or zone coverage but it also tells you about um, whether they're playing run or pass because if they, depending on the player, they move. Say if they're in zone, if they're moving a defensive back, then they're probably playing pass. If they move a linebacker, they're probably expecting you to run the ball, and then they're going to send the the defensive back down to stop the run in the box and things like that. So there's a lot of things you can tell by crease that motion. And the other thing they do is this fake jet sweep thing where it looks as if Carr is handing the ball off to a receiver rather than you normally play action as a, as a handoff to run back. But the Raiders do receivers all the time. And eventually what they're going to do is hand the ball to the receiver because the defenses are going to see it and see it and they know they're not handing the ball off to the receiver. They, they know it's going to be a pass play but until it's not a pass play. Um, and it's just really, really clever, clever play calling and really good adjustments by Carr at the line because 99 times, well, maybe, maybe 98 times out of 100, he absolutely reads the defence perfectly well and they adapt and they move forward. Um so I I really enjoy I I I am very excited about it. I'm as excited as I was after the win over the Saints, which obviously has been very excited, but they've now beaten what everyone decided before the season started it was best team in the AFC and the best team in the NFC. And they've done so well and convincingly, it hasn't been fluenty. It's been by playing really good football
0: on both sides of the ball. Who had um who had the bigger Sunday? Uh, the Raiders, the Browns, or the Ravens?
1: Uh, the Ravens doesn't count because they're playing a team that's pretending to be a professional <laughs> football team. So we won't we'll, we'll rule that out. I think Browns probably had a bigger Sunday. because. So here, I'll put it this way, right? I, ex- I now expect the Browns to be a playoff. I would be happy if the Raiders were. I wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders were. So that's the way. The expectations are different. Like, yeah. the, obviously, the Big the, the Browns had the advantage. They were playing, playing the Indianapolis Colts and Philip Rivers coming about that game. And just that old saying is it is you know, art arc of war where it never let your enemy interrupt himself when he's making a mistake. And that's what they did. Like, Philip Rivers was on tilt last night and absolutely terrible. And the Big Browns just had to get out with their own way to win that game. But, like, at one stage in the second half last night, on I think three or four different plays, the Colts had three players blocking Miles Garrett. That's how dominant he was last night. Raiders don't have a player like that on defense. Like They got a lot of pressures, but they didn't get sacked. But it's the, the Raiders' unit, I think, it's from seven particularly was impressive. So I think, obviously, beating the Super Bowl champs is great. Like In terms of one-off performances, I think, obviously, the Raiders is, is number one, I think, in their performance of the week. I think, but in the long term, I think we're seeing a Browns team, an identity name, that they never had before. And I think what's really interesting is that they're doing it with Baker Mayfield not being the superstar anyone expecting him to be. It's just Baker Mayfield being a regular quarterback just good enough. And I think that's all they need right now. They don't need a player to come out and and start making plays himself. He just needs to do what he's asked um, by the offensive scheme. And he's doing that. And I think think they're real. I think they're legitimately... uh, Maybe not. They're, they're probably a wild card team, and this is the thing: the Raiders have played the Browns in a couple of weeks, and like that may determine the like the Patriots already on the the head head over the Raiders, so the Raiders cannot afford to lose the Browns as well. because That would be two potential wild card
0: teams. Yeah,
1: and um, they they lose the head heads, so that's a really key game for the Raiders. But I would not be surprised if the Raiders won that game, despite the fact the Browns I think right now are a better team. I would not
0: no, like it's such a good point you make that Baker Mayfield doesn't need to worry about um being a superstar because let Odell Beckham be your superstar. That's what he that's Odell's thing, like that's what he wants to be. He wants to be the face of it. He'll try and make these mad plays. Just focus on being a quarterback. Yeah. Focus on making your passes, making your connections, picking the right passes and I think because Baker came with such hype and he's such a big character, I think he maybe needed those two seasons where he was getting clipped to maybe just put him back in check a wee bit and maybe sort of realise, maybe just calm down a little bit here. And and he has Jarvis Landry as well, like who, by the way, keeps throwing these unbelievable passes as well. Um, Here's a hot take.
1: Jarvis Landry is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um... And it's just, it's interesting to watch the Browns. I think there's a few teams lurking. There's also Steelers as well. Hello, they're, you know, they're motoring. Mm. Uh, the and Packers, the Packers are motoring. So it's going to, it's, I think people were saying beforehand that it's just going to be Chiefs and, and Ravens and whatever. The winner of that will be the winner. But I think last night's result Um has sort of woke the whole league up with the Raiders win. And I do think that we could possibly see a shot come out of there somewhere because I just think teams have really come out of it now and, and the teams are still unbeaten. Obviously, don't think anyone saw that was going to happen. So, like, the NFL is looking... I think we could get an unbelievable playoffs.
1: Yeah, like, I think the AFC is looking more competitive than we probably expected. I like, The NFC, yeah. to me, the NFC, it's the Seahawks to lose. Um I would be stunned at this stage if the Seahawks didn't win that division or that conference. And um, like, I'm not buying the the Chicago Bears, uh, like four and one. And um, I'm not buying the Packers four and zero oh because they've beaten nobody with a winning record. And uh, in fact, they've beaten I think they've only beaten teams with a combined four and twelve or something. And um, so, no, I'm not buying the Packers. I'm not buying the Bills because I think there's there their net point differential is the exact same as the Miami Dolphins. And you don't win titles with low um, net point differentials. They're involved in too many one-score games that eventually comes around the other way and comes back to haunt you. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, the Ravens, we know their weakness is the Chiefs. The Chiefs, we know their weakness now with the Raiders, thankfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I just wonder about, like... I all this is going to happen. We're going to run if we finish the season because Lord knows what's going to happen with COVID at this stage because it's all over the place in schedules. Um, I think the most pleasant, not pleasant sprites because I don't like them as a team, but the most surprising one is the Steelers for me. I think I never saw that one coming. Um, and I got the vision the AFC North. Like you've 4-0 team, two 4-1 teams. And the other team, like the Bengals, I, I can't actually get over how bad um their offensive line is. Like Burrow had the sixth fastest time to throw last night and he still took what seven sacks in that game or whatever it was. So you can't get rid of the ball much quicker than he's getting rid of the ball and he's still getting killed. So I don't know what that team is going to do because they may well end up having picking number one overall again. <laughs> if things keep going. although the Jets and Giants probably were okay today.
0: Um I, my favorite storyline that seems, apart from obviously the Raiders, has been the Bills. Really and it's getting it's getting it's getting plenty of coverage, obviously, but I just think it's like because that fan base is full of lunatics. Oh, it just is. Yeah, yeah. Josh Josh Allen and just the way that things are going, it, I think that's just been it's been great. Like and and they'll win that. Obviously, they'll win that division. If they don't win that division now, then they should be disbanded. <laughs> um, but they'll win that division, um, and and we'll see how they go. On. I don't think they'll win
1: this is the uh, that thing. conference. I
0: don't think they'll challenge to win that conference.
1: Yeah, they're so in that mean? division, but can you see them beating the Ravens in, in the playoffs? Can you see them beating the Chiefs in the playoffs? Can you see them beating the Steelers in the playoffs? I can't, and that's the, that's the issue with, with the Bills, is that their seeding, I think, is just that little bit lower than other teams. Mm. Um, and look, here's the look, look I have been Harsh critic of Josh Allen, and I'm not going to apologize to him just yet because I rewatched. I know <laughs> I honestly, don't apologize I, to
0: anyone.
1: I, no, well, no, I do. I've I've been wrong before. Like it happens occasionally. I rewatched the, the <laughs> Bills games right this year because Game Pass. Yeah, that right. The amount of times that Josh Allen just throws the ball up, and it absolutely could go either way to the defense or offense. It's just he it just. He just throws far too many, I know nobody uses his phrase anymore because it's 2020 and not 2015, Yolo Falls. Um, Like, he is the natural evolution of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jake Woodard. He is the next stage in the evolution of those just fucking go for quarterbacks. And that's fine when you're doing well and when you're winning. But, like, there comes a stage, even in the the, the Rams game, I think it's gasped because they won that game. And obviously they were 28-3 up and the Rams came all the way back and it looked like this is a fucking collapse. And then they go down the field and they win it anyway, right? But just before he threw the game, the finding throw in that game, he launched a bomb downfield that absolutely should have been picked off by the defender and uh-huh. wasn't. And that changes the entire narrative around the field. So all of a sudden, um, instead of being this like gunslinging maverick, Josh Allen is a liability now. And that's how quickly it changes for a player like that. Like, the Bills have a unique situation whereby everyone, like, two of those teams in that division should be disbanded and never let play football again because it's just perennially shit. The, the Patriots are bad for the first time in two decades. They have to take advantage of it. And I think they will take advantage of it, right? but I just mm-hmm. don't see them beating one of the top three teams in that conference when it comes to the actual no. playoffs. That's the, and that's the, like, that's a shame because like you said, they do have um, a really good fan base. Bill there, who I've a lot of time for. He's just a really, he's a good football fan. He's good knowledge in terms of. Very games. knowledgeable. Yeah. And like, I, it's, it's good having back and forth with him about Bill And and I do enjoy them. like do like, you know, I hate a lot of teams. They're not on my list of teams I hate. Nah. But don't don't talk to me about Josh Allen being anything other than, as I said, the natural evolution of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jay Cutler, because that's exactly what he gives you. And sometimes that's brilliant. And like, don't get me wrong, I would have Josh Allen over probably all but maybe ten quarterbacks in the league, but. If you were to give me Josh Allen or Derek Carr, I'm taking Derek Carr. Like, and that's not just because he's the current greatest quarterback. I am taking him. Uh, like, so, I'd rather a quarterback who is safe and secure. Uh, and I know that thing seems boring. But who doesn't risk turning the ball over every single time he throws it. Which is what I feel like I watch with Josh Allen. Nah, that's fair
0: enough. Like. In- I I just like uh, I like the madness Josh Allen brings. I quite because I, I don't have any say. I like like I don't have any backing with the Bills. I don't I, like not to be ignorant, but I don't care if they win or lose. So I quite like watching and thinking, well, oh, "This is anything could happen here." Yeah. So he um, yeah
1: he, that, sorry just come back to it. So he has the third. He's he's the twenty sixth best quarterback in pro football focus based purely on the fact of the number of turnover-worthy goals he has. So um, that's partly due to his fumble, because he runs the ball a lot, so he obviously increases his risk of fumbles and things like that, right? Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: he also plays at a clip whereby he's, he's a risk for an interception, you know, on a lot of plays. So, um, yeah, so I think he's, he's he's among the league's best passers in one to 19-yard throws. Once it goes over over 20 yards, he starts becoming like, a little bit of a liability in turnover again. Right now, he's not turning the ball over, but that averages out over the course of the season and over 16 games. It's still three quarters of the season, both of the Bills. Yeah, and those yeah. those balls that are now landing in the hands of receiver going up, you know, in contested coverage will eventually land in Back and these teams Even themselves out. But look I think Fair play to the Bills it's, they've, they've, they've been a franchise that have, I I know What it's like To be The, the supporter of a team Who currently loses Enjoy it I just don't think It's I just don't think Sustainable it's Sustainable And like, and likewise with the Seahawks like The Seahawks won a game Last night And they didn't convert A single third down In three Four quarters of football Like that's not sustainable either They won another game By making A uh, Goal line stuff on the last play of the game. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think the Seahawks are way close either, but I don't think the NFC is anywhere near as good as the AFC, and I think that's why the Seahawks will come out there.
0: Just to finish off, about we'll go for about ten minutes. So, a couple of stories that came out last night. Um, obviously, Dan Quinn and the Falcons. That had to happen. Um.
1: I tell
0: you, it should, have, it should have happened after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know it's it's, a, it's he's just he's had such a hard, horrible. I don't even know, luck isn't the right word. It's just been horrible, like couple of experiences with, with that franchise. That you just you, you struggle to see where he comes, how he comes back from this. But we did a question from one of our listeners, um, Scott Buchanan. He asked, uh, "Should the Texans bring him in?" And he also asked who wins the MVP over Murray or Carr. <laughs> uh, well, it would be Carr, obviously. Uh, it'd be Murray. Thank
1: you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's a good one. Um... If you if so, if you if you were a Texans GM, uh, would you bring Dan Quinn in? Mm, probably not.
1: Probably not. Why? Uh, Why? Because.
0: What has he
1: done outside of that 2016 season? I think what they need is an offensive mind. They've gone the defensive. I don't feel that Ryan is a former offensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. but they've gone kind of. I I think they need someone to make the most of the Sean Watson.
0: They need an all Kyle Shanahan.
1: Yeah, and Kyle Shanahans are rare, but don't get me wrong, they are rare. They're hard. Minded, even because Shannon is good this year when you, you look at what the 49ers are doing but I just think Quinn is too defensive minded and so I wouldn't go for him
0: and mm-hmm.
1: I I think yeah Watson is to me he's the best pure quarterback in the league I've said this yeah. is the times he just yeah. is the right coaching and so I, I don't know where they'll go there was, there was a rumour at the weekend that they might go after Adam Gates with the Jets because I don't know. Maybe
0: the owner of the Houston Texans is looking mind, but um. Did you just say they're going to go after Adam Gates? So yeah,
1: that was on Twitter the weekend. Yeah, with a couple of in the know accounts, that they were they were looking at Adam Gase's because he's he's um,
0: regarded as a Q- QB whisperer, and um, he's not Adam Gases Have they, have they not both. been watching? Yeah. yeah, have they not not been watching the Jets or they, Do they not watch other teams or what's that? Yeah, I
1: genuinely, genuinely don't know what, um, what what anyone was thinking with that. Like Adam gates if Adam Gase is the answer, you're asking the wrong questions. So, saying those. I yeah. Um, I I would like to see them go after someone like say Kellen Moore, um, former WISE State quarterback who worked in the offense. of Dallas- Dallas Cowboys. Um. I think he, someone like him, who knows how to, obviously a former QB himself, knows how to get the best out of the likes of that Prescott, Sean Watson is a similar type of player, that's where I'd be looking at him rather than Anklin.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one where they go, I think they had to break it off with Bill O'Brien, he had to sack himself, and then sack himself again, which would have been such a weird situation. Um and it'll be interesting to see how they go from here it still is early on in the season things can still get salvaged and, and they have a good team they have a brilliant quarterback as you said so yeah it's an interesting moment Um, another story that happened Uh, when a player gets seriously injured your heart always breaks for them but with it being Dak Prescott and what he's already been through this year that was really 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 hard to look at
1: yeah, it was really like I mean, I missed it live because I had a big child to go in and last night. But uh. it was it was it was like I watched it back this morning and like obviously it was an accident. Logan Ryan didn't set out to to yeah hurt him. Like and this is a this is a tackle and a type of injury where we normally see like a high ankle sprain and if you've ever had a high ankle sprain, they're really fucking sore. And they take oh, a lot time to recover from. And yep. that was my first thought. And then, because uh, I, I knew what happened. It was like, oh, that looks innocuous enough. And then I saw the shoe, and the shoe was facing the wrong way. And I like, oh, I hope that shoe, has, it hasn't fallen off. No, it hasn't. That's the way it's facing. And, uh, yeah, it, it was like a compound fracture. I had a compound fracture of my wrist. It fucking hurts. Like, it is as sore as anything you can imagine so your leg is going to be even worse like it's potentially a career ending injury for Dak Prescott and the thing is he has not been looked after by Dallas Cowboys, he
0: doesn't have a long term deal, that's the hardest thing about this I think. Yeah, there's, there's so many aspects behind Dak's story at the minute that there's obviously his brother yeah, uh, of brother's suicide and there's obviously him coming out recently and talking about his own mental health so, I, I, I couldn't root for the Cowboys, but I can root for Dak Prescott. Yeah. But he I, seems I, lovely, he seems really nice fella, he seems genuinely one of the good ones. And then, for this to happen, like, I talk about being shit out of luck. I
1: know. Yeah. Like, and, like, look, they could, with Andy Dalton as quarterback, they could still win that division. It is. Up there with the yeah. AFC South as the two worst divisions in football. And, um, but it's pretty bad. Like they could win that division with a six, six and ten record. Like they really could. That's how bad that division is. So, um, it's really to me, it's it's really really sad. Um, I yeah I feel bad for him personally. Like you said, he his murder and suicide, and it's just been a really really tough year for him. And then not getting, not getting looked after by the Cowboys as well. It's, it's really really hard. Um, so. I, I wish and I, I hope he recovers. I think that Sean McCoy, uh tweeted or he did an interview where he said he had the exact same injury, almost in the exact same part of the ankle in high school. And he obviously has had a fantastic NFL career. So it hopefully won't be the end for that Prescott, but it's going to be really tough for him to kind of fight his way back from this, especially from a quarterback who, who relies so much on his movement. Um, I just. I,
0: I, I really hope he does recover and gets back. I think he will and I think just to finish off tonight's podcast if he looks at Alex Smith Yeah. And I know he's playing for that puke team but if he looks at Alex Smith and the fact that he came back he made it back on the field after what he's been through and the fact that he almost lost his life never mind just losing his leg yeah. and, and that he can take heart than that so I hope Dak makes it back I hope the tech, the cowboys do the right thing, although, <laughs> uh, and look after him, and it's just it's very very sad to look at that last, last this morning when I saw it. I was just devastated for him because of what he's been through. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully he make a full recovery. Hopefully he come back. Hopefully he leaves cowboys actually and goes off and Wednesday and to someone else because he's a great player.
1: That's
0: um, what well, I'd like to see as so. well. yeah, so I think that'll do us for the this return of the Babel screen. Um, obviously, the NBA is over now. The NBA season has finished. We, we're hoping it's going to be back in, I think it's going to be January now they're going to bring it back, but trade season's about to kick off, so we will still cover the NBA. We'll still have storylines in the NBA. We're going to try and get some NBA journalists on over the off-season, when they've a bit of free time now, to chat to so that'll be interesting. Um, As always, it, it's always good to talk about LeBron James and how he's the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know we both thoroughly enjoy that. He, he's the goat in my head, of my athlete that I adore. Anyway, like he's my number one, so I'm very best. But um, we'll be back next week to talk more about the NFL and about those Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do a little bit of fancy chat as well next week. I just thought this week we'd focus folks more on the NBA and the fact that it's finished and LeBron got number four, and that Raiders magnificent win. So Steve, as always, thank you very much. Will you be having a Blog out this week For We can share on the Bible For you uh, Maybe 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 not. Depending uh, on time depending on time Yeah
1: As obviously yeah. People have noticed We haven't had a podcast Last two weeks So I haven't had time To do a blog post But uh, Yeah like, You never know You might You might see something From me Who knows
0: Yeah well, well Hopefully my dad Decides not to collapse Again in the shower folks you know? yeah. I get rushed to hospital, spend three nights in hospital, so if you could be less selfish and think about my podcast before he tries to collapse in the shower then that'd be great, and, and obviously the two lads with their little reflux and different things going on, you know, if they could just like turn 18 now and stop with this madness but yeah, we can't control these things alright, so yeah, um, yeah we, we will hopefully be back next week, um, plus if we you want us on every week, pay us, <laughs> is what I would say, well, oh, you know that is coming hopefully We'll get all your monies. you can pay us, and we'll do this full-time. Um, we have some big ideas coming down the tracks as well. That's going to happen very soon now. We're going to get a move on with those as well, so stay tuned for that. There will be a football show, a soccer show, apologies, um, later on this week, where uh, I'm going to rip into Premier League and potentially Liverpool's owners, and dicks, as usual, um, and a few different things. And, yeah, as always, get all our podcasts on all your podcast apps. Just look for the Sports Bubble. You get us on Twitter and Instagram, it's probably your best bet as well, just at the sports bubble and we'll chat these again next week. All right, Stephen, good luck. Good well, luck.